0: That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome into the Guiltiest Charge Podcast YouTube channel. I'm Alex, obviously, and today We are going to be talking about the next video in this free agency series I'm doing. Last time, we talked about Kaiser White uh, and the linebacker room and how that could be affected by how the franchise views Kenneth Murray. Today, I want to be talking about the secondary situation for the Chargers in free agency, which free agents they have, which free agents they could replace those guys with, and of course, are there potential avenues to go through the draft as well. Uh, So first, let's start by talking a little bit about the cornerback free agents that the Chargers do currently have, um, you know, in their kind of situation on the roster, right? Uh, So guys that are probably projected not to be back in uh, when we talk about 2022. uh, You have Chris Harris, who uh, obviously kind of had a has had a very up and down Chargers tenure, I would say it's Kind of mostly been down uh, coming from the level he was at in Denver. Going to be entering his age 33 season. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, his 2021 season. And if there's any real potential chance he comes back. Um, but we'll discuss that in a bit. Ryan Smith is the other Chargers corner who's a free agent. He was signed uh, last offseason to sort of beat you know, fill their gunner position. Help them out on special teams. Unfortunately, was doing a good job at that until he tore his ACL. Um, in the Eagles game was actually starting at cornerback in that game which was crazy considering the injuries and uh, the COVID situation that the Chargers had at the time but Ryan Smith uh, now entering his age 29 season off of a torn ACL probably not going to be playing that same gunner role next year I would imagine for the team Um, you know of course as as you look at his AAV He's very inexpensive relative to, you know, some of the other Chargers free agents, so it wouldn't shock me if the Chargers brought him back on in, in, in a deal that's between one and two million, much like they did last year, but I, I do think the ACL tear, particularly how late it was in the season in November, I think that could probably affect the Chargers thinking in terms of what they want to do with Ryan Smith going forward, um, but there's always a possibility that he's back because the Chargers kind of too need as much help on special teams as they could possibly get and then i will also take us to the safety room where there's not really a lot of action going on compared to maybe what people would think the only chargers free agent safety uh is uh trey marshall which we'll see in a second when this uh stupid piece of shit loads but trey marshall uh has a salary of eight hundred thirty-five thousand dollars as an unrestricted free agent obviously was brought in after cuts last year um, kind of played a variety of roles for the team was on the field whenever you know some safeties were injured and out didn't work when he had to play a lot Uh, obviously had some you know help on special teams as well but um, yeah kind of an interesting year for him I I don't think there's much of a chance that he's back although he kind of was connected to Staley um, in that series of signing guys like Trey Marshall and Eric Banks that he knew From other places and you know they were cut by other teams and the Chargers picked them up to try to kind of revitalize their careers a little bit and get some depth but if I had to guess obviously I don't think Trey Marshall is much of a part of the plan for the Chargers going forward in 2022 Uh, so then that wants uh, that makes me want to talk kind of about how their roster is currently situated right let's pretend Chris Harris isn't coming back for now Um, You really have a secondary in terms of cornerbacks. That'll be Michael Davis, obviously, at one of the outside corner spots. Right now, you would probably have Tavon Campbell start at outside corner two. (laughs) Obviously, you could put Asante Samuel Jr. there. But Asante Samuel Jr. is probably more of a natural fit for the nickel role than the slot quarter that Chris Harris was playing. Um, Asante Samuel Jr. is going to be a guy that you know is all over the field when it comes to uh this kind of stuff. He's not just going to be you know set to one corner position and that's where he's going to stay the entire game. Uh, I think that we saw that in 2021 as well. But he does make more of a sense on fit for the slot corner fit than the outside fit, just considering the guys he'll go against and, and the type of defender that he is. So that really needs that really kind of leaves the Chargers needing an outside corner here. And uh, I I think that that's one of the things that they'll have to address in free agency or the draft, right? We've talked about how loaded the draft is with guys like Sauce Gardner and Booth and McDuffie, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And those are the kind of guys that the Chargers could potentially get. I don't think they have much of a chance for Sauce Gardner as he's kind of quickly rising up the boards, but there will be cornerback talent available when the Chargers do pick at number 17 so that could be very well be the pick for them uh, at that time so you know we'll talk we'll talk about that bridge when we cross the bridge when it comes to the draft uh but first i do want to talk a little bit about chris harris jr um uh, who you know was sort of one of those guys that was signed on a two-year deal right when the chargers missed out on tom brady we talked about linval joseph and also brian balaga in this capacity um, they were on these short-term deals because the franchise didn't really know what it was doing after Philip Rivers, uh, obviously leaves the team. They miss out on Tom Brady and then give out these contracts to kind of like bolster the depth. And if you actually look at the Chris Harris numbers, they're probably not as terrible as you would think based on watching the Chris Harris film, uh, a little bit, or if you watched a Chris Harris game, given the, you know, completions and critical moments that he did give up. Chris Harris wasn't that terrible, but still pretty bad. And I I think the trend that you'll see uh, here when it comes to Chris Harris specifically talking about from his Denver days is that Chris Harris did dip a lot in terms of his coverage and overall defensive grades Uh, when he left Denver. I think he was a about a 70 overall cornerback. Of course, that was more uh, of a situation where I think he finished in Denver by playing the outside as opposed to the slot. But had a pretty good year. Obviously, comes off one of his, you know, best final years as a slot corner in Denver with an 85 and a half overall defensive grade. But since then, that's dipped to a 61.9 in Los Angeles, injured last year, and a 62.4 uh this year obviously also was injured. And there were COVID situations and, and all of, stuff that was all over the place, right? So um, yeah, I mean, I think Chris Harris is kind of washed at this point i think he's i think he's hit a decent floor for like what he might be able to do for a while right you have seen that his grades haven't like completely plummeted although you know he's gotten kind of worse as a tackler worse overall in coverage as you can see the difference between the chargers years and and some of his other seasons and you know it just doesn't feel like it's necessarily a wise investment to bring him back The Chargers really can't find anything in free agency. And maybe they really strike out in draft two. That could be a situation where I could see Chris Harris potentially getting re-signed on like a one-year deal. But ultimately, I think with the youth movement, the Chargers won in the secondary. I think with the fact that they're going to spend potentially high draft capital on a cornerback. And I think the fact that they probably will be players for, you know, a couple corners in free agency as well. That takes Chris Harris out of the picture, in my opinion. And it was always meant to be that way, right? When we talked about those short-term deals that Telesco gave out in 2020 after they missed out on Brady, um, you know, it was always meant to be, you know, kind of short-term for Joseph Harris and Balaga and all those guys that were signed in that time. So uh, I don't think Chris Harris was quite as tremendously bad as maybe the perception is on Chargers Twitter, but uh, did have a pretty high miss tackle rate definitely declined as a coverage corner and it's probably time to cut the cord uh you know in, in comparison to w- what the chargers you know maybe would think about doing with Chris Harris so it's been weird to see the media talk about Chris Harris as a guy that's a must resign for the chargers at 33 years old um i i don't think he uh, is in that category of t- players the teams need to uh, players the team needs to resign much at all uh so now uh that we've kind of talked about all of the Chargers corners and safeties that are free agents. I do want to talk more about around the league, what's available for the Chargers. Um, So as you can see, the Chargers are kind of going to be operating in free agency and in, you know, uh, the draft with a secondary that is Michael Davis, uh, you know, Tavon Campbell, probably on the outside still currently Asante Samuel jr. Obviously is a very pivotal piece. uh, And that's kind of their secondary with some of the guys that they have backing them up uh, there, but that's really their depth. So let's talk about the safety market first, because I think the safety market is a little bit interesting. Tyler has made a bunch of videos on this channel talking about Tyron Matthew and, and some of the connections there. Um, I don't know if that happens, but you know there, there is an argument for it to potentially happen. Obviously, he is a pretty big cap casualty in Kansas City. It's looking like I think there's a limited chance that Matthews ultimately brought back there. So that kind of puts them in a position where the Chargers, if they wanted to spend some money and pair them with Derwin James, they can. Um, But, you know, the Chargers safety opposite Derwin James, other than Nasir Adderley, just like hasn't worked. They haven't really gotten the value out of some of those later round draft picks like a Gilman that they might have wanted or Mark Webb. Um, And so I'll be curious to see if they really want to go after Tyron Matthew and sort of Jeopardize the development of Nasir Adderley a little bit. Obviously, you can still use Nasir Adderley, but I do think making a Matthew Derwin James pairing and this Brandon Staley defense would would kind of make it so Nasir Adderley is a little bit phased out in a sense, um, which which would kind of be interesting based on the direction that the previous coaching administration clearly wanted for Nasir Adderley at the time. Um, there's, you know, I mean, I think Tyron Matthews, is like the big money option they could pursue. Marcus Williams is obviously a guy from New Orleans and New Orleans is in cap hell all the time now, uh, for the next couple of years. So we'll see what they do there. Uh, Marcus May is kind of a upside guy that I, I, I like from the jets a little bit. If they wanted to pursue that direction, uh, my guy, Rodney McLeod, uh, had a pretty good year this year, as you can kind of see, but indicated by some of the PFF numbers, uh, he, you know, had one of his, D- good years in uh, past coverage and is obviously a good run defender when we talk about uh, Ronnie McLeod as well I don't know if the team's ultimately going to bring him back but you know I think when you start talking about these kinds of safeties you're probably talking about one-year deal guys that can produce on that contract as well and just fortify the depth uh, maybe in a sense behind the Sierra Adderley as opposed to getting a safety um that's going like Blow up the market. Jesse Bates is the guy from Cincinnati, but I think everyone kind of expects the Bengals to franchise tag him considering the year he had. um And, you know, they really need him. uh Devontae Casey, guy who picked off Herbert in the end zone. <laughs> Unfortunately, I still have that in the back of my head as a bad Herbert throw, but he's available and his teammate. I think Jaron Ron Kearse, is going to get a lot of talk in Dallas as a free agent that is available at this time. Uh, and then you have uh, Jaquisky Tart from San Francisco who. I think could be an interesting fit as well, but there, you know, the safety market I th- think is a little bit interesting because the Chargers can kind of look at a number of guys and a number of different types of options. They, if they want to go spend big money on Tyron Matthew and Devin McCordy and or Marcus Williams and all these guys, they theoretically could, but they could also spend you know a little bit more smartly on some of these cheaper options that I think uh, provide some value, right? Better value than let's talk about the cornerback market now, which I personally do not think is nearly as good as the secondary market. Um, I think JC Jackson is going to be a guy that gets a lot of discussion from Chargers fans. I've seen hype about him, but you know he'd be very expensive. And I I, I think ultimately, there's probably going to be a team that kind of overpays for him in value uh, compared to what the Chargers could get. Uh, also, isn't like 100% like, necessarily a scheme fit a little bit i think there are some question marks there uh, regarding jc jackson but you know we'll we'll talk about that in our kind of free agency primer episode i'm sure um but other than that you have darius williams as a guy from the rams it's obviously going to get a significant pay bump as he hits unrestricted free agency and the rams are kind of a team that has to operate in cap hell now as a super bowl champion uh right so that'll be interesting to see what decisions they make there but aside from that it's Stefan Gilmore, if you want to give him 15 million dollars at age 32, uh, I will pass personally. And then you have a lot of kind of guys that are going to probably operate on one and two year deals. Um, in this free agency class, you have Joe Hayden, he's 33, Kyle Fuller, pretty bad year in pass coverage, unfortunately. And he's heading into his age 31 season, Chris Harris at 33, Patrick Peterson at 32. I think you get the point, right? So A lot of these guys um, are a little bit older with some kind of notable exceptions that the Chargers could get some value out of. But personally, I would address cornerback more in the draft uh, in those first two rounds and then try to address the safety concerns potentially in free agency with a big signing like Tyron Matthew or something like that. Um, And uh, oh, look at our friend Casey Hayward over here. (laughs) He's heading into his H33 season. Uh, Gus Bradley is in Indianapolis so I would guess Casey Hayward will probably follow him to Indianapolis so I don't think you should get your hopes up about Casey Hayward coming back to the Chargers uh, after the year he had in with the Raiders this year so um, that's kind of my free agency preview when it comes to the secondary room let me know what you want to do with Chris Harris do you want to sign him do you not want to sign him I know what the answer is going to be I'm just playing with you uh, at this point but uh, let me know in the comments down below which free agents the Chargers should go after. Do you see them going after Tyron Matthew? Do you see them maybe pursuing a JC Jackson? Let me know who you think the Chargers should get to kind of fill their secondary room and the holes there down in the comments below. And I will see you guys.